Good morning. Uh, we have a few slight changes in our bulletin from what's uh, maybe regarded as normal. For today, uh, the baptism of our Lord Sunday, every, every year we also uh, re-speak our own baptismal vows that were spoken on our behalf when we were baptized as children, and then we spoke for ourselves at confirmation. Uh, we'll be re-speaking those this morning at the beginning of our service in lieu of our confession absolution, and then the service will begin uh, with our introit immediately following that. And you'll see all this in your bulletin. Uh, One other thing I want to bring to your attention in the bulletin is that our last hymn today is a bit different. Uh, The first stanza of our closing hymn is shorter than the other stanzas. Uh, So I I think you'll notice that as soon as we begin to sing it, and then all the other stanzas are longer. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Uh, When it comes to our calendar for this coming week, just a reminder, tomorrow morning we're having a funeral here at Zion for Dottie Heslop. Uh, The funeral starts at 10.30 a.m., but the family is uh, welcoming and uh, any guests that are coming at 10 a.m. if they would like to come to have a a moment of remembrance before then. So again, the funeral will start at 10.30, but people are welcome to come at 10. And also this coming Wednesday, uh, we will continue with our midweek uh, service as regular at 2 p.m., a half-hour worship service, followed by a half-hour Bible study. Uh, we, we took a hiatus of this uh, during the season of Advent and then the Christmas season, uh, but we'll be restarting it this Wednesday. The Old Testament reading for this, the baptism of our Lord, is from the 42nd chapter of Isaiah. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the sixth chapter of Romans. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us 
who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we celebrate the day Jesus is baptized. It's a very important day. We get to see Jesus go into the water. The Holy Spirit comes down on him as a dove. And then God the Father even speaks. Those are amazing things. But is there more to it than that? And what I mean is this. Besides just confirming the Trinity, is something else going on here at his baptism? And the answer is yes. And we find out what's going on in our Old Testament reading from Isaiah that prophesied this day. I'm not going to reread that whole passage from Isaiah, but there is one line I am fascinated with. When describing the work of Jesus, the Messiah, Isaiah had this one line that really sticks out. Isaiah said this, A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. A bruised reed is a small stick of a plant. As it grows, it might get stepped on by a person, or a wheel could roll over it, and that green shoot, instead of being straight, it's just bent over. Well, that bruised reed is never going to heal. That bruised reed is never going to straighten itself up and get strong again by itself. That bruised reed will never produce fruit on its own. It's good for nothing. It's better to just pull that reed out of the ground and plant something new. But Isaiah said... That a bruised reed, the Christ, will not break. Isaiah also said, a bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. We all have candles in our homes. 
We light them because they look nice or we like the scent a candle may produce. When we're done with the candle, we just blow it out. But then have you ever seen what usually happens? When you blow a candle out, that little wick doesn't immediately just go out. The wick will still have this faint, fiery glow to it. The wick will even pump out a lot of smoke as if it's trying to relight itself. But it never does. It doesn't have the strength. The wick may try to sputter out smoke to relight itself, but it's never going to produce a flame on its own. It's better to just lick your two fingers and pinch that wick and put it out of its misery so it doesn't keep puffing out smoke. But as Isaiah said, this is exactly what the Christ will not do. A faintly burning wick he will not quench. And then believe it or not, that brings us To Jesus' baptism today. And we see Isaiah's prophecy come true about the Christ. When he said, a bruised reed he will not break. And a faintly burning wick he will not quench. Because in the Jordan, Jesus, the sinless son of God, climbs down into that river. He bathes in all the sludge that is washing off the people. And I don't mean the dirt. I mean, all of the sins they have committed are in that water. And Jesus gets right in the middle of it. Jesus bathes with a bunch of people who are no better than bruised reeds and smoldering wicks. He bathes with with adulterers. People who should have grown and lived straight lives that produce fruits of faithfulness to their spouse. And instead, they gave in to their lusts of their own flesh and are bent over. Jesus bathes in that water with bruised reeds, people who should have honored the possessions of others. Instead, they bent over and grabbed things that didn't belong to them, they stole. The adulterers and the thieves had ruined their reputations. They could never straighten their lives out themselves. But in the Jordan, Jesus took all that sin onto himself. In the water of the Jordan, a lot of people came who were nothing better than smoldering wicks. There were people in that water who had murdered, actually murdered. And they were so sorry for it. They could never take that sin away from their hearts on their own. They would love to rekindle a life that glowed with love for others and preserved life. But they couldn't do it. Not by themselves. There were a bunch of smoldering wicks in that water. People who really had a bad habit of slandering one another. They would try to bite their tongue time and time again, but eventually their tongues would win out. And there they were, trying to fix their reputations in town, trying to be known as a better people. 
But they didn't have the strength to do it. Not on their own. The murderers and slanders had extinguished their lives and were just smoldering now, puffing out useless smoke. They could never fix their lives themselves. They could never reignite love toward God and neighbor on their own. But in the Jordan, Jesus took all that sin onto himself. What should the Christ do with all those people? They're no good. What should the Christ do with people who are no better than a bunch of bruised reeds and smoldering wicks? None of them can produce the fruit of faith to God. Not on their own. None of them can burn with genuine love for their neighbor. Not on their own. Well, what the Christ should do is snap every one of those bruised reeds in half. Rip them all up and plant new people who will grow in faith. But that is not what the Christ does. That is not what Jesus does. He actually stays in the water with all of them. And what should the Christ do with a bunch of people who are no better than smoldering wicks? Well, what the Christ should do is snuff each and every one of them out. Start over with the new people who will burn bright with love for God and neighbor. But that is not what the Christ does. That's not what Jesus does. He stays in the water with all of them. And we're no different than the people in the Jordan. We have the same sins as them. The same struggles as them. We are also nothing better than a bunch of bruised reeds and smoldering wicks. We can't grow in faith to God by ourselves. We're not able to produce a burning love for God and neighbor, not by ourselves. And that is exactly why Jesus came in the flesh on Christmas. That's why Jesus came to the Jordan. He came to get mixed up in all of our lives. He was born so that he could get mixed up. In our lives. To have our sins washed onto him. And then he would take all of those sins to his cross. Where he could get rid of them once and for all. On the cross Jesus doesn't just wash our sins away. No on the cross Jesus does something better. He actually holds on to them so closely. That when he dies. He takes them with him. He puts them to death through his death. Today we celebrate the day Jesus is baptized. But this is also a day we celebrate that we are baptized into Jesus. Your baptism connected you to Jesus. Jesus. 
Our sins are now given to Jesus. They don't belong to you anymore. So don't hold on to them anymore. They don't belong to you. They belong to Jesus now. Your sins really don't belong to you anymore. So don't let them keep a hold over your life for a single moment longer. They're not yours. We all may be just a bunch of bruised reeds. But Jesus does not break you off. He does something better. He takes everything that has ever bruised you and wounded you and broken you over and he puts that to death in his death. It's gone. And our baptism also unites us to Jesus, not just in his death, but also in his resurrection. When he rose from the dead on Easter Sunday... That wasn't just for him. That was for you. His resurrection from the dead is now your resurrection from the dead. Instead of just letting each and every one of us smoldering wicks slowly fade away into death. Jesus has breathed new life into all of us by his Holy Spirit. And that life will last forever. We all may be just a bunch of smoldering wicks. But Jesus does not just snuff you out with the pinch of his fingers. He does something better. He reignites your life right now with his own resurrection. So you can live a life of faith now toward God. Jesus' resurrection is so powerful that it has reignited life inside of you that will never end, not even at death. Jesus really did fulfill the words of Isaiah today. He did not break any bruised reeds. He straightened us up and gave us his life. And Jesus could never snuff out a smoldering wick. Instead, he has fanned into flame a life in us that will never end and will never be snuffed out, not even by death. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.